0: which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L O L A V I E. Tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor.
1: Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record breaking Eras Tour.
0: Swift Vierras Tour, Taylor's
1: version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow only on Disney Plus.
0: Welcome to Thursday's not solo episode. Because I asked my sister to join me and I went live on Instagram earlier and somebody asked the question, they were like what's happening with the podcast with your sister? And I was like, oh my God, thank you for asking. Oh, the interest is real. I know. So I told her January 1st, it's coming. I feel like I've been talking about doing a second podcast for literally five years. So people are like, "Mm." and one person's interested. This is great. I know. We're off to a good start. I love this person. Anyways, speaking of Carrie Underwood. So right before I pressed record, I was like, my sister's like, oh, I can't stop singing Christmas songs to Poppy. And I was like, I can't stop singing Carrie Underwood. And to which you replied. You probably hit every note too. Because you can't sing Carrie Underwood. Like who just casually sings Carrie Underwood? And this is the problem. Because even just driving home yesterday, I've been playing Carrie Underwood in the car a lot. And I like to sing to it. But literally halfway through one song, I have a headache like my muscles hurt and I'm like straining my voice and I'm not even trying to sing that loud it's not like I'm belting it out but it's really frustrating yeah you gotta sing from the diaphragm it's got to be lower belly breathing you used to take singing
1: lessons I'm very good
0: (laughs) totally forgot that you used to take singing lessons. Uh,
1: my teacher wanted me to sing in Kowanus, like on stage. <laughs> yeah.
0: I totally forgot. Okay, so then do you remember how the hell they explained how to sing? Yeah. That they used to make me lay on
1: the floor and put mm-hmm. like big textbooks on my like diaphragm in and I have to move them. Well, yeah, if you're a child, you can go <laughs> I thought most people would know where your diaphragm is. Well, but yeah, uh, your what, tummy. They your, put the books on your tummy. Your tummy tum- tell you to raise it up and down and up and down. Cause most people don't breathe from their belly. So that's where you have to learn.
0: I'm good at breathing into my stomach. And I only learned that because when I was doing pelvic floor physio stuff, that's part mm. of it, is like breathing into your like lower belly to stretch mm-hmm. out all those muscles and whatnot, which was life-changing. Like learning how to breathe that way. Was wild, but what I don't understand is how do you produce sound through your mouth from there? What do you mean? Like, well, like think of it if you burp. Jesus, That's sound take the did okay, well, Like, didn't need that? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't understand how you get it from your stomach.
1: Your throat singing. Her power is coming from her her belly. Most, that's why you lose your voice halfway and through get a one headache. of our songs. Yeah. yeah. Because you're like, eh, like out of your throat. That's not how the good people sing. Like myself. I sing directly from my pelvic core.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Anyways, I had the idea driving home in the car yesterday that I really want to do like a karaoke party at a karaoke bar, like rent it out, have a big ass karaoke party and everyone dresses up as the person that they know. Like, obviously, you can sing other artists. Too, Everyone's got want. their jam that uh-huh. they're going to sing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're dressed up to the nines. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Okay, do you like, want to have, do it? We have no
1: friends, but when we do find friends, that's going to be a good party.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was, like, I knew, okay, there was this karaoke bar in Ottawa, which was, I think it was in Chinatown. And it was... A drag queen that ran it, and it was so popular and it was so fun, and it was just like this tiny little bar. Mm. And I like, there's got to be something like that in Toronto where I can be like, can I rent this out for whatever?
1: Yeah, I'm almost sure there's probably multiple places that you could do karaoke. I'm pretty sure you can do the one where they have like the separate rooms, and you go in there with like however many people, and then you have your big screen. And oh my god, uh, I've never ever sang karaoke not once, not amongst. Family, not a month, mu- no, never. But would you? I don't know. Like, I have such a fear of, like, yeah, you know, even just talking in front of people. But I think I'm getting
0: over that slowly. I did karaoke in Mexico with Pre, and I had yeah. like several apple martinis. They were delicious. I saw the footage. Yeah. And I sang, okay, so first tip if you're going to go out and sing karaoke don't choose a band where there's like five singers because they're like overlapping each other and they're like coming in super quick and like you can't be everybody. You just have to commit to to one vocal. Yeah, That's like all. it's just, yeah. it's, it was really hard. I sang Spice Girls in case you're wondering, but remember for Trisha's 40th birthday party, they had a karaoke thing. Did you yeah. go to that?
1: yeah. I feel like I was yeah, there. Yeah, so we yeah. our
0: family had like this big like 40th birthday party and it was karaoke and I did Celine Dion all by myself. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Maybe I wasn't there cuz I feel like that should have been a memory. Uh-huh. And I was single so everybody was laughing at me and I also did Pussycat Dolls Don't you wish you could... I think it was that one. Oh, did you dance while you did it? I don't maybe it wasn't that one. It was, It was one of their Mandatory. other hits anyways that's my experience with karaoke but if we had this party which now like it has to happen who would you dress up as oh i you think i'm not going as jennifer holiday (laughs) (laughs) and you and you you're gonna love me okay so everyone listening is probably like what what so just youtube get on google Yeah? yeah google jennifer holiday is it called You're Gonna Love Me? Yeah, I think so.
1: It's the it's Dream Girl song. Unreal. She was the original,
0: original Dream Girl. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Hudson sang it in Dream Girls, right? Yeah. Like she tried. No, I think she <laughs> but, did a good
1: job. <laughs> well, not better than Jennifer okay. Holiday. Okay. When you hear like the grunts and like a, yeah. like that's like, oh. Okay. She's the best.
0: Who would I be? Like literally Shawn Mendes? Like you're gonna dress up like Shawn Mendes? Bieber? No. I don't know. I would have to think about that. I thought about Carrie Underwood, but I was like, no, like, I want to be able to sing a couple times and not like (laughs) blow out my fucking vocal cords. When Sarah and I went to her concert, it's a concert and it's so loud, you're just like singing loud because nobody can hear you. And you think you're nailing it. But literally, like, I broke something in my throat. Like, it was hurting again last night. Yeah, there should be like a warning before her concert, like that leave it to the professionals.
1: (laughs) Do not attempt this at
0: (laughs) Literally, I like felt something go in my throat and I was like, okay. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. You guys know I have been very intentional with what we've been eating lately. I'm looking at protein, I'm looking at sugar content, and avoiding things like artificial ingredients or colorings. Biteables make the transition to finger foods easy because they are cut perfectly to size, which promotes self-feeding. And of course, all the Biteables are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. And then there are plates for your toddlers and your bigger kids. They are meals that are free of all the bad stuff. They taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. They have things like hidden veggie, mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous things like pot stickers, gnocchi, and more. Little Spoon also has smoothies and build it yourself lunches. Did I mention it all comes right to your door? It is super flexible, so easy and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. You can pick up the menu and change up what you order every single time. The price is right, the quality is unmatched. You and your kids will love it. It's a huge win-win for your family. Simplify your kids' meal time with 30% off your first order. Go to Littlespoon.com momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. So the whole point of this episode, and we will kind of go through it quickly, people probably saw the title of the episode and they're like, when the fuck are you going to talk about that? Like 10 episodes ago, so episode 342, there was this viral video on Instagram and it was a clip from a podcast recording where they were basically saying that daycare is absolutely terrible for kids. Like beyond, like beyond. Like it it was... Yeah, like I bit that so hard. I sent it to mom. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I was one of the people. I was like, oh my God, the truth came out. You would be. You would be. So what I did, everybody was sending it to me and being like, like, what do you think about this? Like, oh my God, oh my God. And it scared the shit out of me at first because I was like, holy geez. Like, but at the same time, it didn't scare me because I have gone through the daycare process with Milo Mm -hmm. and it was actually incredible. And That is why I talk about daycare a lot, because I think people are are scared of it. I will preface this by saying, obviously, there's shit daycares, just like there's shit everything Mm. in the world. We were super fortunate. We had an incredible daycare. So I think where I left off, because these are my notes from... So it was an hour and 45 minute long podcast episode. And I watched the whole Mm -hmm. thing on YouTube and I took notes as I was watching it in my room on my laptop. Like, that's so responsible of you
1: because what I did was I watched about 15 seconds and I completely came up with a conclusion. I grabbed
0: on and I ran with it. That's (laughs) literally what they hope that you do. Like, well, it's like clickbait, (laughs) but in video format. So Where I left off was basically saying like the whole episode was just so disrespectful and hurtful. Like if I was a daycare teacher that like put my all into like taking care of other people's kids and had relationships with the kids and the parents. And like I think about the teachers that Milo had, like I asked, like there was one girl that he loved so much and she actually came to our house and babysat for us like a few times And yeah, like they were just amazing. So I was like, oh my God, how heartbreaking is it if they were to listen to this episode? They're basically shitting. slop in the face for sure. So there was a study that they brought up and I had circled, I wrote it down and I spelled it incorrectly, but I ended up finding out what they were talking about in the episode. So they were basically saying there's research on kibbutz have you heard of that before? Kibbutz? Kibbutz? I'm just gonna throw it out there and I'm not trying to be rude, but is it Jewish? It is. Okay, because that's all I can that's all I know about it. Oh, see, I had no clue. Even like when they said that, I thought that was someone's last name. I didn't realize it was like a way of living. Oh, I didn't know it was a way of living. It just sounds really Jewish. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. I had no idea, but I spelled it incorrectly. But I was Googling this morning, and so they talked about the kibbutz experience slash research and how it basically led to years of mental illness and attachment disorders in people that grew up that way later on in life. But when I was looking at that, I was thinking kibbutz was somebody's last name and he did, he or her did research on daycare and that's what it led to. But they don't explain that in the podcast episode, do they? No, they're just Mm. like, oh, the kibbutz research showed that, you know, it leads to years of mental illness and attachment disorders. And I was like, holy shit, like where was this research like when I was going through 10 years of grad school? Like where did this come from? So I remember in the last episode, I was like, I'm going to look this up and see like how I can destroy the data, obviously. That's what I Mm, do. Rambo. (laughs) Research Rambo. Research Rambo. (laughs) So when I started to look it up, I realized that kibbutz is an intentional community in Israel. So it's something that started in 1910, and it's basically like communal living. So, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to know if it was still going on. So in 2010, there were 270 different, like kibbutz, I don't know if I'm saying that right. So nobody come for me, but like like, communities. communities that included 126,000 people. This is all just from Wikipedia. And so what that research was referring to, that they were trying to absolutely terrify parents with to say that daycare would lead to these things, was people who grew up in a kibbutz community. Now, that community was like something, that's like their entire lifestyle. It's like a 24-7 thing. Yeah, and like what else is going on Exactly, in there? And it was like, children and adults almost lived separate lives. And so there was nurses and teachers that basically took care of children. And it's not like there were family homes. There was like child Mm. homes based on the children's ages. Okay, so it's like daycare times a
1: thousand like extreme versions of, yeah, child care. And even the
0: research that was like longitudinally looking at people who grew up in this community versus people who didn't. And their attachment styles and mental illness and all that stuff. Like, there's still issues with the research and the data. And did you look at other confounding variables of the people that grew up in this? You know, they were literally just looking at, oh, they grew up in a way where they were socializing with other kids, you know, during the day. Yeah,
1: they took one aspect and ran with it. Nuts! Yeah. Even though they're they left out all the other factors that go with what shaped their lifestyle. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that yeah, like that pisses me off. That's really interesting. Pisses me off. See, you do like a little yeah. bit of a deep dive, and you're like, really, you're bringing up this research to make and the she argument. She was a doctor. She right? was a I want to say psychotherapist. She didn't have a PhD, but she was like a psychotherapist or a But she specializes in attachment, apparently. But like to use that to terrify parents, just to like try and buffer up your argument about daycare being terrible, like
1: fucking drives me nuts.
0: So anyways. Like let's live in reality instead. Anyways, so that was that. I wanted to touch on that because I know in the last episode I was like, I said that I would look into that study. So that's what it was. Okay, something else. They always talk about cortisol and it's the same thing with sleep training. Like, oh, the cortisol, the cortisol. I get it. Like, nobody wants to have elevated cortisol. It's not the best. But their argument in this podcast was they basically flat out said, like, children are not resilient. Like, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Remember when Poppy fell?
1: Yeah, she was in the scorpion oh, yeah. position and then she was fine <laughs> seven
0: minutes later. Battle. <laughs>
1: She's doing better than ever. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Anyways, so even in sleep training studies, they want to shit all over sleep training and say it's absolutely terrible for kids because it raises their cortisol. So basically, they're saying the same thing for daycare. But my whole thing is like, yes, of course, cortisol is going to be raised when you're first dropping off your kid at daycare. Like anybody's cortisol. When I when I walk into the doctor's office, exactly. my cortisol spike. Yeah, like that is normal. But they're basically saying like long term increased cortisol enlarges your amygdala, and I guess they're saying like this happens to children in daycare. Otherwise, why are you bringing up that research, or are you talking about research where someone's in like a torture chamber? Or like solitary confinement, their cortisol is raised for like five years drastically and they have enlarged amygdalas. I feel like that, like there is research to support that, like the amygdala thing. So basically when your amygdala enlarges, it burns out and it's not going to be able to cope with stress in the future. Okay, so that's the argument. That's what happens when your amygdala enlarges. Which I'm sure there's research that shows that when it comes to like Mm -hmm. increased long-term cortisol. But I have a feeling it's not to do with kids in daycare. They just threw Uh, that in there to absolutely terrify parents. It seems insane to me. Like the kids aren't at daycare
1: just like sweating with so much stress. Like once they like five minutes in, they're like playing with their friend. You know, I know, having a grand old time. So, like this, this five minute spike when you first drop them off. And then that probably doesn't happen a few months later exactly. because they're used to getting dropped off. So, it's so short term and it's such a drop in the bucket. Exactly. But it's,
0: yeah, it's crazy. That is what pisses me off. Like, They use research that, yeah, is probably accurate, but they're placing it onto... So, there might have been a couple studies that show children's cortisol is raised at drop-off at daycare or whatever it might be. And so, they're just like tying it to that other research that shows, oh my God, like when you have increased cortisol, your amygdala enlarges and then you can't cope with stress in the future. It's like, stop. Yeah.
1: Like cortisol is a normal part of the human body. Like it has to exist.
0: So, then... They're basically saying, I'm just like highlighting some of the things. Like they're saying mothers, if you're bringing your child to daycare, you're basically shutting down your empathy. You're ignoring guilt because obviously we struggle. This is another thing that pisses me off about this episode. They literally only talk about moms. Mm. Never is dad mentioned. It's like mothers, yeah, mothers, I, They're probably going to say that's
1: like the natural, like, you know, they go with that like maternal theme so
0: mothers um, are shutting narrative. down their empathy they're ignoring guilt because otherwise why would you be able to drop your kid off at daycare because you know like the first few drop offs are really hard and you're like oh fuck it's like when i was dropping Milo off at his camp this summer that we had him in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so bad the first day but i was like uh yeah and i did have to kind of be like it's fine like He's safe. So, how far off am I by saying because, like, in my
1: head, I can I think of this as a comparison. Like, you go to workout and you squat for the first three times you're you're doing your squats, or whatever, and it like you're gonna feel it. It's not gonna feel good. Like, it's going to like you know hurt a little bit, but you have to push through it because that's what working out is. And in the long run, you know, it's better for your body. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it's, like, the same thing. It's, like, you can't go around life just avoiding anything that causes Discomfort. you any sort of feeling. And you, I guess they're calling this, like, a negative feeling when really it's just, like, a natural, like, occurring thing. Like, at some point, you have to address these emotions, you know, and work through them. Yeah, You can't just, like, not experience these things. Like, you're a human.
0: And then they talk about how babies and again like a lot of this episode is aimed towards because they're american and so a lot of people don't have parental leave at all and so yeah so they're dropping
1: off four months yeah like it's it is
0: like i wish everybody could have what we have in canada with regard to maternity leave Mm -hmm. because i and like when i was talking to tanya Dr. Tanya Kotler, about this episode and this topic, she was saying like, ideally, you would want to put your kid in daycare at 18 months old. Mm. Like ideally, but obviously, the world doesn't work that way for everybody. And at the end of the day, like there are some things that you can look out for that you can try to do to make the daycare experience better and to you know not like feel like you're losing connection with your kid like like give me the Mm -hmm. solutions you know like we don't Mm -hmm. live in a world where what they're asking for is possible Possible. because they they don't want kids to go to daycare till they're three yeah it's crazy so now if people have multiple kids one parent is just not able to do anything
1: they would rather them lose their home and be living on the street because the, you know, the mom didn't go to work and, and pay yeah. the freaking mortgage. Yeah.
0: But then their argument it's to crazy. that is that people don't need to have as much money life as they style. have. Yeah. Right. So they're
1: assuming that they know what everyone's situation is like and that it, they everybody can exist with one income and it's just not the yeah. reality. And at the
0: same time, even if that was the case and families could function and survive on one income. I didn't want to stay at home and not yeah, do exactly. what I'm doing. So where does that come into play too? like the fulfillment of the parent that wouldn't be working? Like they're also a human that wants to. Has needs. Yeah. And yeah. Like sure.
1: anyways. She's getting fired up. She's getting fired up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number four. <laughs> Okay. She does advocate. One thing I loved about this lady is that she advocates for paid maternity leave in the US, like in a political sense, like she goes and does all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, she actually does. She does. She walks. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love that. Yeah. So she wants moms to have 12 months maternity leave, but then be able to work two years part time. And the way they want moms to work is little bit each day which like it's impossible but also like it's not up to us
1: I know like the employers are not going to be like oh yeah you know what you just come in 12 to 2 yeah like that's not how life works yeah and also
0: at the same time to get a child care provider to do some random fucking schedule like you just pop in a couple hours every day where they walk
1: out with 20 bucks in their pocket like big deal yeah Yeah. like
0: nobody is going to take on those hours for childcare, and no employer is going to be like yeah just a couple hours a day yeah because there's somebody else that's going to work the whole day
1: so why would they employ yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't match the framework that
0: our society is in they mentioned because a lot of people say like daycare was incredible like it's incredible for socialization for kids and they say no that's a myth children under three don't actually interact with each other and they only do parallel play which perhaps they don't do like big elaborate imaginary play situations at that age but i swear to god when milo was in daycare his development He's looking at other kids all day. He's looking at kids who are a little bit older. It was wild, his development. And they all
1: are developing at different, in different areas at different rates. So now he gets to see someone. So, say, like for Poppy, for example, she was like chewing and eating food like no problem. Okay. And we have a friend with a baby about a month younger. That baby not chewing as much, but like walking around and Poppy wasn't walking. But like, so they would be able to see each other doing these things. And then, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Is that is that a
0: thing in, in monkey kids? See, monkey, monkey see, do. monkey do. <laughs> it is. Oh, she's walking. I got this. Yeah. And even potty training. Like he would see the older kids go to the bathroom, you know, like it's, yeah. it was wild. So yeah, maybe they're not playing in the sense of, you know, like you're pretending to be this or like, let's play superheroes. But you can't just look at that developmentally and be like, oh, they only actually do parallel play. So socialization, anything that's productive or a good thing for kids to be with each other at that age is like wiped off. You know, yeah. again, again, it's, a, it's an extreme statement. Yeah, they're taking where like just... one little piece of child development, like, oh, they only do parallel play and like, yeah, generalizing it to everything and just making nothing positive about daycare. They mentioned how daycare workers are underworked and underpaid. And so there's a lot of... Overworked. Oh, yeah, overworked. Why the fuck did I write that? <laughs> <laughs> over I was thinking if I was a daycare worker I'd be like what yeah overworked <laughs> underpaid and so there's lots of like turnover so kids don't you know have like we didn't really experience that and even if a teacher was sick or something the main girls that owned the whole daycare that were in and out of all the classes throughout the day and who, like, if Milo got hurt, he would be in the office with them. Like, they were a constant, like, from Mm. day one to the day that he graduated from the daycare. So they're saying that they're overworked and underpaid, but instead of being like, that's a problem in our society and we need to, they're using that as, like, a weapon against them. Like, mm-hmm. you guys are overworked, underpaid, and so... So
1: you must be doing a crappy exactly. job. Exactly.
0: is essentially what she's saying. And yeah. so after that, I put underappreciated. Like, you mm-hmm. missed that mm-hmm. one.
1: Asterisk, asterisk.
0: Ugh. Anyways, this one, you can see on my notes, I put eye roll with little stars around it. Oh, they... God. Suggest that when, because lots of people don't live near their family anymore, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you should move back home when you have kids. <laughs> what? Yeah. What if it's like a toxic
1: environment for those people? Like maybe there's a reason they don't live where they used to like, live
0: before. Babe, I know you're a surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we should just move back to Vancouver or Werner. yeah further warren yeah we'll just you know get a farm take up hobby take up something else as a career (laughs) it's just so unrealistic and it's not my whole thing with that episode was like but that's not how we live anymore like it's not conducive to our life anymore so let's make it as best as possible to meet us where we're at I don't think we're just going to have like
1: a full population of people with swollen amygdala or whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, let's make it better then. And why not help parents to prevent like the things that you're saying? Like, that's why I was so excited to talk to Tanya about this topic because she will be like, okay, it is what it is. Like, now from a professional perspective, you know, that's what she specializes in. How can we make it better? Like, what can you do with your child between the time when they get home from daycare to bedtime to like strengthen that bond to like ensure yeah, that things are going well at the school like or the daycare? Like, give us the, you know, don't shit all over us and be like, You should be depressed because you can't fulfill what I'm uh, telling you to fulfill. And like, <laughs> not many people can, you know? Yeah. Oh my God, this was nuts. Okay, so they got into talking about, obviously like mothers are more biologic or uniquely biologically fit versus dads to do things, which like I disagree. I just think they weren't brought up that way and they... You cannot tell me that. Like maybe for some things. Like, yeah, like feeding and there are evolutionary things where like moms are more likely to wake up to a baby crying versus a dad. Well, just women in general tend to be more like a little bit more empathetic, more caring,
1: more Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. And but when it comes to like childcare and being involved and all that kind of stuff, like building a secure attachment with your child, like I don't think dads are incapable of that sure it might take more for them to do it but it's possible but they started talking about postpartum depression and saying that all postpartum depression is is so you know how there's like hormone stuff going on postpartum oh I know. yeah <laughs> if anyone knows I know yeah. <laughs> so they're basically saying that those hormones like the depression is not caused from the hormones it's the hormones open up the door to something historical so if you had a happy experience with your mother growing up your childhood when your hormones shift in postpartum you won't get depression but if you had a whatever kind of experience with your mother like not happy and whatever when your hormones shift in postpartum, it opens the door for postpartum depression.
1: Like that literally makes me nauseous to listen to that. Because it's like they they attempted to approach this in a scientific way and then they went like wizardry yeah. all of a sudden. Like just the open the door to the little girl inside.
0: No, literally. <laughs> I can't buy it. I'm sorry. Literally. So that like blew my mind. And again, I'm like, where's, like, where did you pull this from? Like, where did this come from?
1: But I don't understand. So, are they saying that then, like, so say someone started medication, that that won't help because your your history is just, closes the has door. written this depression. It closes into you? the
0: door. <laughs>
1: it closes the door to your happiness. You shall forever be depressed. <laughs> I know. That's, I don't know. Okay. Because I
0: know once I started pills, then I was happier. Yeah. <laughs> so, Isn't that nuts though? I was shocked. Yeah. I, I think I had to rewind it and be like, what? Like never heard that before. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, directed shame
1: there. I think like, you know, because now someone that feels that way, if they, if they believed this person, this inter, this psychotherapist or wh- whatever she is, if they believe that, as if they're gonna wanna, you know, reach out to anyone when they're feeling depressed after having a baby because now it's like, well, it's because your mom was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's that's awful. I know. And it's so inaccurate and just not even scientific whatsoever. I know.
0: It, that like shocked me beyond They also were talking about like, it's just really like, wow, this episode, just wow. They were talking (laughs) about TV, saying that it leads to dissociative behaviors. And later in life, it leads to things like eating disorders, addiction, etc. And then I put OMG underlined. It's extreme speech. Like it's
1: jumping to conclusions about something like certain things like, you know, TV, you're going to be an addict. Like, well, that's not how that works. You know, there's a lot of things that have oh to my God. Um,
0: take place. I have to tell you, oh my God, you know, this, this is my, like one of my favorite lines from this episode. I said it in the last episode when I talked about this. So they were talking about daycare being awful and that if you don't sacrifice like moms, if you don't sacrifice for those first three years of your baby's life, There will be hell to pay later. Like, these are the words that came out of the mouth. And I put this quote down. She said, because then she was like, well, some people, like a lot of people have been to daycare and like, they seem to be doing just fine. And she said, there's always survivors of a shipwreck.
1: Oh, right, right.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I I, I feel bad to be like laughing and making fun, but like the drama. No, but that's how ridiculous it is.
1: it is funny drama. because it's like, what are you trying to do with this messaging? Like there's, there would be generations of people just unable to cope and, and live with it, their life. Like it's just, it's crazy.
0: So anyways, that's just uh, some of the
1: things. And don't feel bad if you listen to the 15 second clip and then sent it to your mom saying that you're keeping your baby home because that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah oh god Um, honestly like now I know everybody just has to do what works for them what feels Mm -hmm. right for them like and it really sucks because some people are in a situation where they can't choose do you know how many people especially in the US would love to stay home and they can't oh absolutely and then at the same time there's people who have to stay home who don't want to like, there's people on both ends of the the spectrum. To be able to do something that feels good, that you're comfortable with, that, you know, like, I loved Milo going to his little daycare. Like, he made the cutest little friendships, and, like, it was the cutest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And I felt good about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. able to do what I had to do, and Pre was able to work, and it worked for us. And for- then... When Milo
1: gets home, you're that much better, you know, like you're not exhausted and just like yeah. put, put like, you know, like you need a second to just take away from it. Like you've had your time
0: throughout the day. Like it just, it's positive for everybody. Yeah. And now we were also in a position, fortunately, that let's say Milo didn't do well in daycare and he was like upset all the time. He was having anxiety. He was like, whatever it was, I could mm-hmm. keep him home. You Not everybody option. has that choice which sucks and I feel for people who aren't able to do their ideal situation with their kids or with work or whatever.
1: It just feels like there's a lot of pressure this like this ideal situation. Like I think we have so much information, so much research on everything now and it gets put on you but in reality you can't make all of that happen. So, like, you have to understand that it's going to be, like, a thousand factors that create your little person and, you know, affect your little person. Not just, like, oh, there's one thing that changes your situation. That's not just going to destroy a human. It's just not how it works. Overall picture.
0: Look at the whole picture. But they want you to believe that it's these singular things that will just... Well, I did for a little bit. I did for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You're, what's it called? You're, like you're in recovery or yeah <laughs> oh my gosh okay well thanks for joining in on this episode it's longer than usual but we had to talk about vocals at the beginning so yeah so if people are wondering because one person today asked me about our podcast that's starting and we're going to start it on January 1st so happy new year to everybody mm-hmm. enjoy our our gift to our you our new podcast the trailer will probably be out a week before that which is christmas day ugh What a present. Uh, But like, we couldn't have, like, it just worked out so well, right? So in the new year or starting December 25th, you can enjoy us every Monday for a non, like, I'm sure we'll talk about parenting stuff and like mom stuff like here and there. But it is literally just going to be a fun ass podcast. Entertaining. Two sisters, completely different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. be great so look forward to that if you haven't already please rate review subscribe to this podcast because i just i that would make me happy and (laughs) and uh thanks for listening i always so claudia at the end of the toast does like this big spiel and every time i'm like thanks for listening and like i i almost like start to say her spiel like it's crazy Oh, you copy her no like so monkey see, monkey do is a I thing. don't even know see? what she says. She says it so fast. Like, thank you for listening to the toast of Monty Monday. But like, I that is like ingrained in my brain to like start to say that when I'm like, thanks for listening. Anyways. Yeah. Well, when we started,
1: I want to go welcome, welcome,
0: welcome. Oh my God. <laughs> that's also. And I only
1: listened to like one podcast. Okay? That's also welcome, ingrained
0: welcome, welcome. into my brain. welcome, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Armchair, and then he always makes up a name. Like I'm Dan Rather, and this is Monica Mouse. That's a real name, or name? I know, but he makes up names. Like he'll—I know it's a real person, but he okay. (laughs) He'll he'll like pretend. I don't know. It's just a thing. So a make a made-up
1: name would be not a real person that everybody knows. (laughs) Shut up.
0: All right, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks for listening, guys. I'm gonna press stop now.